everybody, uh, welcome to episode 6, episode 6, wow, uh, of Random Ultra Runner Podcast, sorry, you know, um, I can't believe we're on episode 6 of this wee podcast already, um, aye, that's that's mad, um, I'm your host David, I hope you've had a, a good week, um, my week's been okay, um, well no, it's been good, uh, I suppose, I was thinking training wise, okay, but a good week, um, I was out, um, uh, in Austria, uh, visiting my daughter who lives out there, so that was um, fantastic uh, and uh, great to see her. Um, but um, it just meant that my training wasn't amazing uh, this week. Although I took my running gear, and I should have got gone out and 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 ran while I was out there. Um, um, so yeah, but I I was completely shattered. It was boiling hot. It was over thirty degrees. Um, the days that I was out there. Um, and again, I'm just making excuses, you know, I should have gone out and ran, I've, I'm used to running tired, I should have done it, so yeah, I've um, kind of, yeah, kicking myself a little bit for not getting out on some of the trails there because, um, yeah, it, there's some really beautiful running there, um, she kind of lives in the, the Salzburg area, so um, if any of you have ever been there, um, yeah, it's quite mountainous, um, hilly, um, lots of beautiful trails. Um, I've done a few ultra marathons out there. Um, did the Mozart one hundred a couple of times. Um, out there 2016, 2017. Some beautiful trails. Some monster hills, mountains, obviously too. Um, so some great running. So I'm a wee bit annoyed at myself that I didn't get out uh, and run. But the main thing was um, seeing my seeing my wee girl. So that was um, that. That's that's the. Priority number one, so that that's good. Um, but yeah, no, there has been some running um, in, in between uh, that wee trip and some strength work, so it's not been a complete write-off. Um, yeah, I, Glenn Ogle kind of um, is, is looming large in the calendar now. That's not too far away, so I want to put some consistent weeks together, so that'll be, um, I'll be really focusing on making sure that I, I get to Glen Ogle the first weekend in November in good shape um, and, and ready to take that on. Um, what else has been happening? Um, oh, I'm saying that um, about consistent training. I'm going to Cyprus in two weeks for a holiday. Um, so that might chuck a wee spanner in that consistent training. <laughs> um, approach. I, I do plan to take my gear and go out and run in gym, but uh, well, yeah, I'm really going to have to knuckle down there. Um. Anyway, um, for the rest of the episode, uh, so usual kind of drill. We're going to speak to um another uh, ultra runner. Um, I spoke to the subject of today's um episode last weekend, and we had a really really good chat. Um, yeah, we, we've kind of ran, I think we ran a couple of the same races, you know, kind of just um, geeked out on the sport and, and, and shared some of our experiences um, of ultra running. So it was a really, really good chat and I, I hope you enjoy it. Um, and yeah, after that, we'll, we'll run down some of the races that will be going on uh, this weekend, the 26th and the 27th of August. Uh, races happening. Uh, the Loch Ness Twenty Four is going on. Uh, quite a few people from uh, that I follow on Instagram are going up to um, run that. So um, I'm hoping that they've they've had a good weekend. Um, what else is going on? You have got the Liverpool to Leeds Canal Race, hundred and thirty miles. Um, that's the third of the kind of Canal Slam series of races. Um, You've got the Grand Union and the London to Bristol as well. So that's the third. So yeah, we'll be looking at the results from that. Um, you've got the Grand Tour Dog going on as well. Uh, you've got the Green Man Summer Edition down uh, around Bristol as well. So yeah, lots going on. And we'll also look ahead to next weekend too because there's obviously a huge um, event Um happening next weekend um, it's the UTMB um, UTMB series of races the actual UTMB itself CCC um, what's the other one TDS um, OCC so yeah that will be um, 
definitely, we'll definitely be talking about that um, in the next episode. And the coverage of those races over the years has just got so good. So um, it's it's a great event to follow, um, and you and you can follow it really well. You know, you're not you're not dot watching. You know, you can you know see the runners um, in different parts of the course. Um, so I I'm really looking forward to that. It's always a um, a good weekend, I guess, for the ultra runners and fans of the actual scene to follow. So anyway, um, let's um, move on to the next bit of the episode and chat to our ultra runner this week. Um, yeah, really good chat and um, I hope you enjoy it. So hello everybody, um, thank you again for joining us. Um, today I'm very lucky to be joined by Jerry Lee Simpson. Jerry, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you, David? I'm very well, thank you, and, and thanks again for for joining me on this episode of Random Ultra Runner Podcast. Um, Jerry, before we get into talking about ultras, I just wanted to to talk about one thing. So on Instagram, your your handle is the Ultra Runner Who Bakes, but I'm not, I'm not seeing a lot of cakes on there. What's going on? Um, I've I've moved my cakes a little bit to dessert monsters. So when I'm making oh. orders, I tend to put them on my actual business page. Now I okay. am definitely still baking. Um, right. I did an ultra did an ultra last week, and for my crew, they had lemon loaf, they had coconut loaf, they had fudge, and they had Scottish tablets. So I'm definitely still baking. Wow. Um, right. as I DNF the ultra, I ended up eating most of the Scottish tablet. Full disclosure. <laughs> Right, okay, right, okay, right. Well, well, yeah, we'll need to go a bit deeper into that and what what happened there. But yeah, um, Scottish tablet. Very impressed that you're you're making that. I mean, uh, God, I've not had tablet for I don't know how many years. A long time. It's very very good on an ultra because you don't need to chew it; it just melts in your mouth. So the theory it, behind it was I'd be able to eat it. Yeah, 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 and it's just pure sugar as well. Eh, I mean. Dearing me, <laughs> sugar, a bit of water, a bit of cream. I'm sure there was something else I put in it, and yeah. I ended up having to transfer it to the biggest pan in the house because it was just bubbling over everywhere. <laughs> God, well, <laughs> okay, that's fine. That that answers the questions there, Jerry. So, I mean, um, where, whereabouts in the whereabouts in the world are you? Where Where are you from? I am in a little, I currently live in a little town called Bretford, which is in Nottinghamshire, but home mm-hmm. is Lincoln and Lincolnshire. Mm-hmm. That's where I was born. That's where I grew up. Okay. So um, we are in flatlander land. So getting yeah. hills is hard work. Yeah. It's pretty much pancake flat here. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I, I know. I know Lincolnshire quite well. Um, I, in a past life, I was in the RAF. I was in the RAF for 12 years. And I was stationed at RF Waddington for about three years. Um yeah. so yeah, yeah, know the know the area quite well. Yeah, God, hills are very hard to come by. <laughs> Apart from when you actually go into Lincoln, and I just remember like the steep like, hill. Aye, but one very steep hill. <laughs> yeah, that was called steep hill. <laughs> I think it's just one hill. It's yeah, you've got steep hill, you've got like Longleys Hill and then Yarbrough Hill, and they're sort of the three big ones. Right. Okay. So, well, so if you want hill training, you just have to kind of run up and down those lots. Of yeah. <laughs> um, that, that that is a very steep hill. Um, and uh, what, what's the day job, Jerry? What what do you do for a living? So I have a day job and a part like a sideline. So the sideline's more fun. The day job's quite boring in that I assess people becoming PTs, level three exercise and film instructors and gym instructors. So mm. when I'm working from home, so I can be there for kind of the kids sort of thing, um, I'll just mark online. And then every other weekend, I go off to Birmingham to assess them for their practical. That's that's That sounds really interesting. That doesn't sound boring it, at all. Yeah. It, no, I am, I am really lucky. In that it, I do have two quite, I have jobs that I enjoy on both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. So and, and it all fits in around family training as well. So uh-huh. that's brilliant. And and what what's it what's the side hustle then? Uh, the side hustle is cakes. <laughs> so 
Um, I said when I started, I was like, I'm not doing birthday cakes. I'm not doing celebration cakes. I'm just going to do brownies and cookies. And so far, the only thing I've done is celebration cakes and birthday cakes. <laughs> so uh, it's it's what people want. And yeah, it's yeah. been a, le- a learn along the way, but I've definitely got a lot, a lot, lot better. Um, and luckily, having three children, then um, the oldest will definitely say my cakes were rubbish when he was when he was when he was like two three four I thought they were great at the time but like you look back at it like he's like that's what you made me and now he's like now look at what you made me I'm like yeah I've got better (laughs) well I mean yeah yeah that that's probably yeah the most honest critics you're going to get there so yeah no that's good that's you you know you there's a good measure for your 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 success and uh (laughs) um, (laughs) girls as a baker I guess no, that that's yeah. that's really cool. Um, so Jerry, I, I mean, you know, I could quite easily make this a, a cake podcast. Honestly, <laughs> talk about different types of cakes and stuff like that, and we probably will come back on the cakes because it. I said we're talking about ultra marathons, so you know, a lot of uh, the joy of ultra marathons is the food, or or not in some cases, because actually saying that I'm rubbish at eating food during ultra marathons anyway. But to get back on the ultras, what kind of led you to your first ultramarathon I know um you know fitness it sounds like the fitness is is part of your everyday life in terms of your job and stuff like that but what kind of led you to your first ultra um well I, to be fair running led me to the fitness so mm. I started off with couch to 5k back when my youngest who is now 10 was mm. three um I just wanted to lose a bit of weight my friend one of my friends was like oh I'm going to do couch to 5k so I was like oh I'll come along I've never run before Let, let's give this a whirl um she kind of dropped off I kept it going and as my mother will attest to I'm always what's next so I did 5k I did 10k I did a half marathon I did a marathon, I did five marathons in one month, and then I was like, okay, what's next? And obviously, an ultra was was next. So I dabbled with just 50Ks to start with, obviously, and just kind of progressed through to 100 miles. Um, Not all in the space of one year, in the space of of a year or two. Um, (laughs) No, I mean that that sounds like a very sensible a gradual progression. I mean, uh yeah, I wish I wish I maybe did something similar. I was a, a wee bit more reckless, no, but I mean that, that sounds like a very sensible progression. So no, that's fair enough. So um what was the first ultra marathon that you did? Um race the blades in Scotland. Oh uh, right. the fifty K yeah. at the wind turbines. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, that's not too far from me, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's a lovely little course. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, living in Lincolnshire at the time, the hills were were a, a lovely surprise. <laughs> um, yeah. at, that, at that sort of time in my running journey, anything that was a bump I considered a hill. But now that I run out to the Peak District a little bit, I'm like, that's yeah. not a hill, that's just a bump. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a lovely course. So you'd recommend it then? I'm actually I'm thinking about it. Yeah, this. oh def- definitely, but definitely recommend it. It's it's busy enough to so that you're not sort of on your own, but uh-huh. then it, it well, when I did it, it certainly didn't feel like like say race to the stones or race to the king where the world and his friends kind of there. It still had yeah. that small vibe to it. I don't know whether it still does because it's been a few years since I last last yeah. did it but yeah it has that small community feel to it and it's and obviously have the they have three races I think they've split it now where when I did it all three races went at the same time yeah. so you'd have the half marathon diving off and the marathon diving off and then you'd kind of carry on but yeah it's a really really good course no that's cool yeah no I am um, yeah that's that's one that's kind of uh on the list next year uh for me to do I, I mean yeah I'm obviously as you can hear very Scottish but <laughs> I've never actually run an ultramarathon in Scotland, so um. You've got so many good ones. You've got the Highland Fling as well. That one's really good. And yeah, I mean, so I mean that kind of, I did I did a little bit of homework, Jerry, and what I went on DUV statistic and and, and checked checked your your profile on there. So it's got a list of the ultras that you've done. I don't you know about DUV statistic the website no i know nope, right, i've never right. heard of it <laughs> right, so there's a website out there so i mean if you just type it's i think it's german uh the admins over are german so if you just type in d u v 
statistic. Um, it will bring it's just a massive database, really. And um, so most organizers of ultramarathons will pass on their race results to this website. So oh, yeah. yeah, so what I, I did a wee bit of homework. I thought, right, I'll go and see what ultramarathons Jerry's done. And so I kind of well. Obviously, I, I, I kind of knew that you, that you did uh, run to the blades, but for the purpose of a podcast, I was going to ask you. But, <laughs> <laughs> and I also noticed that you did uh, Highland Fling as well. Um, yeah. That that and that that's um, again one that I would love to do. Obviously, uh, run on part of the West Highland Way. Um, Just be careful of mid chief. Oh, dead. Yeah. I, I was up there um, at Devil the Highlands last weekend, crewing a friend, and I made the daft mistake of wearing shorts, and my legs are absolutely bit to pieces. But anyway, I digress. I mean, so you do your first ultra uh, race to the blade, run to the blades. So, I mean, it, it sounds like you had a very kind of structured and well-planned kind of route through to ultra. So, you do run to the blades. What what are you thinking next? You're like, right, fifty k, fifty mile. Yeah, fifty miles. I think I think maybe race to the king was next. Mm. It would have been race to the king or and um, race to the king in its original form, not how it is now. They've changed the route now. Right. So okay. when I did it, it was a point to point, and you yeah. actually finished at Winchester Cathedral. However. Okay. The cathedral, I think as the race two series has got bigger, the cathedral decided that having all the runners finished there was no longer in keeping with the area. Um, so th- so they decided against it and now yeah. they do a loop and I'm not sure where the loop is, but I think it's two loops, which doesn't overly appeal to me. So I don't think I'll ever go back and try right. the new route. Um, but it was a point to point and it was very hilly. Um, the hills of the South Downs, so Butzer's Hill, those kind of things. Um, yeah. So some good good hills in it, but really, really lovely experience. I think sometimes when you're starting out with ultras, things like the Race 2 series, those bigger companies are really nice because there's lots of checkpoints, there's lots of people and lots of support, and you're kind of almost encouraged to the end whether you want to get there or not. <laughs> kind of yeah. thing. Like if, if, if everything's gone wrong, there's always someone to give you a kind a kind kick up the butt um yeah. to kind of get you moving so yeah. i think race to the king was was next and then maybe it was the highland fling after that and i kind yeah. of stuck with 100k for for quite a while yeah. um and then i dipped my toe into 100s with the robin hood 100 um yeah. and that is still my favorite race to this day um it's beat me up a couple of times it's okay. given me some really good times um, and it's one that I keep going back to. That's the one that with my 100 mile, that's where I want my sub 24. So I'll just keep going back there until I get it. Okay. okay yeah. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. So I, I get, I, I did notice that from DUV statistics. So you've, you've run that two, three times? Five, five times, I think. I've, I've, oh. DNF, I've finished that. I finished that. I was the last finisher the first time I did it. And then, no, four times I've done it. Then right. I DNF'd at 98 miles. I pulled my, my groin at mile 50 oh. and it just gave up at 98. Oh. Um, the the last hill got me, um, oh, like no. proper, just got me. Um, then I DNF'd the next time I did it because of COVID. I'd, learned, I'd done the Thames Pass 100 the week before. Right. And I didn't want to give up my 100-mile entry for the Robin Hood. So I got to 50, 53 miles, and I was like, no, I'm done. I've had enough. I want to go home now. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, then, and then I came back and did it again and took a massive amount off of my time. I think I was down to 26 hours on there, and I was the fifth lady that year, which was it was, right, very, it was, it was quite nice. I was like, oh, especially when I thought I'd had a rubbish time of it. To come in and I was like, oh, you're this lady. I know. <laughs> I haven't reached that one. That's um, cool. So, so, yeah, so it's one that I keep going back to. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think we kind of all have a race like that, I suppose, don't we? Um, yeah, I, I, I noticed it. So, yeah, I noticed that you've done Robin Hood 100 uh, a few times. And um, I've I've got a pal who kind of lives around the Nottinghamshire 
um, area as well. And I assume that that's kind of where it was being called Robin Hood. I mean, so I mean, apart from it being local, what what's what's so special about that about that race? I don't know if it was just because it was my first one hundred. Right. Um, that was that was kind of where I got the bug for it. It's very well run. Um, uh-huh. I didn't used to live locally, so I used to live out in Grantham. So right. I couldn't actually get to really get to the course quite easily to train on it. But now, like you say, literally where I live, I back onto the canal, and the canal is part of the route. I so I, when I say to people, I live on the doorstep. Yeah. I literally do live on the doorstep. It's quite frustrating. Um, the last time I did it, when we did actually live here, there's a bridge on the canal that leads to my house. Running past that after a night of no sleep is hard craft. Um, I had to have my, my crew were in the Aldi car park and they were messaging me like, do not turn right there. Keep coming. We have coffee. <laughs> so it, that, that's, it, it's nice living on the course. But yeah. it has its challenges as well when you're actually running past. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I, I, I get kind of very similar situation myself. Um, when I was living down in England, uh, not not that long ago, I actually basically lived on the Grand Union Canal. Um, so, and. and I, yeah, I, I won't go into too much detail because I'll end up um, going down a spiral of um, despair <laughs> when talking about that race because that is still the big one big bug on my back anyway. But no, I I know what you mean. Um, I I'll need to speak to my pal Lee about the Robin uh, Hood One Hundred. I'm trying to get him back into ultras, so I think it's that's such a good. And you do two loops of the forest, so they're big loops, 30-mile loops. So you yeah. do one sort of in the light and one sort of in the dark. Yeah, um, you go through you go through Creswell Crags. You see, if you're willing to take a minor diversion on your day route, yeah. you can see the, the major oak, and it is literally a minor diversion. He, Ronnie has actually started signposting where it is now for people that, that don't live in Nottinghamshire like me, um, so that they can actually see the major oak, which is obviously the Robin Hood tree. Yeah. Um, so you do you do Sherwood Forest, Crumber Park, sort of the Creswell Crags, a little bit of the Welbeck Estate. The Welbeck Estate isn't my favourite bit anymore. It used to be. This shows how I've changed. I used to love that bit because it was road, and now I hate it because it's road. <laughs> so it, hey. it shows how much I've changed as a runner. Now I hate it because it's a road. Um, but so, so you get a mix of terrain as well. Like it's not mm. just. Um, and prior, prior to to the last couple of years, I used to curse when the, it's, it says online that it's mostly flat. I didn't believe that being from Lincolnshire. Um, but now that I've started training that in the Peak District, now I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's mostly flat. Aye. Um, in the build, in the build up to the race that I've just had tried, um, I did the thirty mile, the Dukeries thirty route, which is part of the Robin Hood one hundred. So if anybody wants. A step into it, Dukeries 30 okay. 40 is your ideal. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. So I did the 30 route as my training run. I was just like, right, I need to get five to seven hours. I'm going to go out. I'm just going to do the 30 route. Yeah. And the hill that used to get me on the Robin Hood 100 every time, I breathed. I was like, why did this used to bother me? This isn't a hill. What was I moaning about? <laughs> so it, it's good in that way as well that when you go back to old courses, you can see your progression as a runner and how you've changed. Yeah. And how you've you've grown and like how your your preferences change. I used to love it in on roads and now I hate it. That's, that's such a good point, Jerry. I, I I totally get what you mean there. Um yeah, no, that, that that's um yeah, like I said, I'll try and get I'm I'm gonna try and push Lee maybe into that one. Uh uh, maybe the Dukeries to start with actually teasing back in, but no, that that sounds amazing. You mentioned um, the Thames Path one hundred there. Um, quickly touch on that one, um, just because again, just uh, that that's one that I've done as well, and probably one of the uh, deceptively most deceptively kind of hard ultras. It's so hard being flat all the time. You have to be really disciplined with oh. your walk breaks. Whereas on another ultra, if you've got hills, you naturally have those walk breaks. You yeah. naturally eat, and it's so much easier in a sense to get that food in, get those walk breaks in, yeah. get those little bits in. 
And yeah, the Thames path is really deceptively hard. That last little bit where you go back onto, well, no, not the very last bit, but you go back onto sort of rooted, narrow, Narrow yes. river tracks. Yeah. Oh, that bit was so it's, hard. And it's such a, I, I think it's it's such a race of two halves. I mean, and not just the way that, you know, we've done hundreds, obviously, and people listening have done hundreds. And it's not a race in the sense that, uh, of two halves, that, okay, the first 50 is the first 50. You're obviously feeling a lot fresher than the first 50 and you're on the second 50. But in terms of the actual uh, geographical nature of the course for me I didn't just I, I really hated the second 50 not just because I was tired but yeah it was kind of there's lots of kind of grassy paths there's a lot more mud um, and yeah. it seemed like the the scenery just didn't change as well and like yeah and that I, makes it mentally hard because you feel like you're not going anywhere exactly there's that bit from uh, Wallingford to Clifton Hamden, right? So yeah. and it's that kind of big arcing piece of the river. You arc round to Clifton Hamden and it, and the scenery just doesn't change. And I remember I was doing it and I was, I was, I mean, I was delirious anyway, you know, <laughs> about 80 miles up. And I was swearing at the river. I was going, you know. I, <laughs> I don't think you were the only person. I think I may have joined you in the swearing at the river. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> I'm so sick of looking at this. Bloody river, you know, I'm just <laughs> when will this end? Oh, I've well, got another 20 miles to go. <laughs> rain, that's a, I mean, a, a good ultra is very well organised. Centurion also do very good ultras. It's well ran. Obviously a historic trail and stuff like that. Yeah, very good. Again, notice from DUB statistics that you'd ran that race. And actually when, so you ran that in 20, uh, 2020, am I right in saying that? So yeah, I, I was actually there that year, but I was crewing. Um, and that was a bit of a weird one because it was kind of still quite COVID affected, wasn't it? Yeah, like you had to come into the aid station sort of one at a time, masked up. Masks on. Um, yeah. the, the, obviously, and now they've got the like aid stations and they've got back to it, sort of helping you fill your bottles up and things like that. But COVID, they couldn't help us fill our bottles up. We just had yeah. to do it ourselves. Yeah. Um, I was also crewed for the last 50, 50 uh -huh. miles of that. And I think that helped having your own kind of crew. So in those tired states, you didn't have to faff around with your bottles. It was a case yeah. of, oh, here's two fresh ones, give me your old ones kind of thing. So, but yeah, it was how different ultra racing was and how we set off. We all had to kind of arrive in a window of what time we thought we were going to finish right. and then set off, staggered. It wasn't a mass start. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a very, very different it was weird um yeah. and then the robin hood 100 the following week i can't remember how he did the start i can't remember if he started us off altogether no he started us off staggered as well but his aid stations everything was in bags bagged up ready to kind of right. you just grabbed it and kind of went and it was the same thing so they all followed the same sort of protocol and now they've kind of come back to how they used to be with help up, able to help i imagine it was quite hard well, the aid station stuff as well because we all want to help the runners get going exactly yeah you'd be fighting a lot of natural instincts there you know especially if you crewed before in more, uh, normal times yeah i it was um yeah it was a weird it was a weird experience being there that year uh i mean it was good because i was like you know we, we were still kind of quite in the thick of covid i guess and i just remember thinking it's great that they actually managed to put it on that year and they adapted to the kind of situation. It was it was good that it went on, but uh, yeah, it was very strange, very strange. Very, very, yeah, um, but yeah, that that's my one hundred mile PB. That one, twenty five hours and fifty eight. That's cool, um, and and that is like a. I mean, that is a great time for that for that course because, like I say, I think a lot of people underestimate. It's a tale as old as time with that Thames path. I tell you, yeah. That. So many people underestimate it. It's such a tough race. Really is. Yeah, definitely is. Definitely. Don't I think the key with that one is don't think flat makes it, it you have to be a lot more disciplined. Yes. And and one thing I noticed as well, Jerry, from your from your Instagram pro, uh, Instagram profile is that and something that I need to do more, I noticed you do lots and lots of strength work. Yeah, and definitely. That, and so 
it's inspiring me to go give me a bit of a kick up the bum looking at your profile to go go to the gym and do a bit more strength work instead of just running um which is obviously you need to do but um i was to bring me back to my point thames path that would be my advice strength work you know get your yeah. legs strong for that just course profile of just being so flat you know and all you're doing is targeting the same muscles every footstep's just hitting so they need to be able to resist the teeth so yeah definitely strength training yeah. and with strength training i'd advise your compound moves and then some yeah. single leg work because yeah. running is essentially a single leg sport yeah so compound yeah. movements and single leg work and that'll get you there and yeah. core work as well that's really good advice um you mentioned you briefly touched on it at the kind of start of the call um uh, and again noticed it from from your instagram and i talked about it on my last podcast and wanting to find a bit more about find out a bit more about the race the, the king alfred's way it's I'm, I'm definitely going back to it even if i have to go back to it and do it kind of on my own and not in a race yeah um it's always been in the book for me. The course itself, it kind of encompasses where I start, almost started ultra running race to the king. It takes on the old yeah. part of the route, the South Downs way. Yeah. Um, you start in Winchester at the statue cool. and then you head out and you go towards Salisbury, King Sombo, and you see the castle there. You literally run right through it almost. Right. Um, I only obviously got to 40 miles um, but I saw Stonehenge so you, you you did an out on the back to Stonehenge so that you actually got to see it yeah. and the route the official route doesn't go past it as such um, yeah. so out and back to there and then it just continued on you went through the Lark Hill army camp and lots of the Salisbury Plains mm-hmm. and then you would I would have continued on seeing like Avery Stones you would have ended up with a little bit of Thames path at Reading, so there would have been a little bit of that there, um, a nice flat section sort of right in the middle of all the hills, and then onto the South Downs Way with the Devil's Punch Bowl featuring, yeah. and then up and along, and onto the South Downs. So it would have been a really, really good course. Just wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't my day as such. Wasn't it be that day? No, I mean, yeah, it happens, eh? Uh, so at this point now, uh, we got cut off on the call. Um, so yeah, some technical difficulties, but I picked up with Jerry again shortly after, and I was asking about the distance of the King Alfred's Way. I think I got cut off just asking about uh, the distance of the King Alfred's yeah, Way. So, okay. so in total, it's two hundred and eighteen miles, but I was always rounding it up to two twenty, and um, just because you know I've, I'm not very good at navigation, so I would have got lost at some point. Um, yeah. And little diversions to go for a nature way, always, always have a little bit. So in my head, I was always thinking 220 miles. Um, yeah, I'm definitely hoping that Mark and um, Richard do it again. Um, yeah. They've got a lot of trophies left. So that makes one think that they, they might put it on again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that's one thing I noticed that I was kind of, you know, when I do a kind of roundup of kind of races that have been going on um, at the weekend, I did notice that they were saying this was a one-time only event, but part of me was thinking they'll do it again, surely. I'm sure they'll, they'll do it again. I think uh, they might just do it the other way around. Yeah. So go, go instead of going that way, go that way. Yeah. Kind of thing. yeah. So yeah. I think that might be how they get around it. Aye. I, I, I think it, it sounds like too good in a, an event. You, you, yeah. Yeah. Got to keep doing that race. Uh, I know that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so, like, um, obviously, it wasn't your day there, and yeah, it happens. So, that kind of 200 distance, you've done you've done hundreds and stuff like that. Is that something? And I've kind of noticed as well that I don't know if it's just me for ultramarathon runners, like. The hundred was kind of always a pinnacle. I think there's a lot of focus on two hundred. Yeah. Um, definitely, and... definitely. I think the two hundred has become the new one hundred yeah, because so many people now are doing a one hundred, so it doesn't feel special anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I think the two hundred is the next. It's mad. It's mad to think. It sounds silly. It sounds yeah. stupid, doesn't it? Just yeah. to say, oh yeah, the hundred doesn't feel special anymore, but it is still such an incredible achievement. 
it, it is, and 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 like you know as well, it's just um, it's yeah. There's I I think it's the for me personally, I think it's the best ultra distance. Um, it's I think it's a true test in terms of I well I don't know. There's just well you. Like you go past fifty miles, that kind of bell curve of things that can go wrong, you know, that 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 gradient increases, you know, there's very minor things can ruin yeah. the race. Um I don't know what that looks like for two hundred miles. I can't even comprehend it. But so I mean, is that is that I think there's probably more DNFs than finishes. Oh for definitely. sure. Definitely. I think if, yeah. even if you look at race race across Scotland, they had a lot of DMFs. I do think that that was um yeah, a lot of from what I've read on other people's race reports. Yeah, a lot of boggy, boggy soaking into their feet the water, and they just weren't weren't prepared for for yeah. how much damage it did to the kind of the feet. Yeah, I mean, I I I did see a lot of pictures of trench feet um for that race. I, well, too many pictures of feet uh, in general. <laughs> And that's another weird thing about ultra marathons and ultra races. You know, you usually need to pay someone for for that many pictures of feet. Dear me, you know, I think <laughs> get into the ultra marathon scene, like you'll see lots of feet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah. So two hundred is that? So that that's something that you're kind of is that something that you're thinking about? That's you know your what you're thinking um, in the future. Or? Yeah, next year I'm I'm not gonna go as far. Um, I'm suffering with hyperthyroidism. I think I have been for the last couple of years, but it just okay. went undiagnosed until this year. Right, That's okay. why I DNF'd. Um, right. The doctor changed her advice sort of partway through the race, and she told me initially, "Yes, yes, it's safe for you to race." And then I think she was worried about it, and she looked over it, and she rang me on the Friday morning, and I'd already started, and she was like, "Yeah, it's not safe for you to race." And it just took me a while to to, to follow said advice, shall we say, because I felt good. Mm. And frustratingly with King Alfred's way, my legs felt good, my tummy felt good, even pulling the plug at 40, 40 odd miles. I was like, this is so frustrated. Um, but I don't have crystal ball to see if, if any long-term damage that will stop me running for good yeah. will occur. So I just decided, no, I'll call it. So next year... I'm just going to focus on sort of. I've got. I've managed to get a place in the London Marathon, <laughs> um, so I'm going to do the London Marathon, mm. and then I might do the Robin Hood 100 as well if if things are a little bit more under control, under control, and I'm off of some of the medication that I have to be on at the moment. Okay, right. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's. Uh, I let's. Uh, I hope that get that kind of squared away in your. Yeah, everything kind of regulates, and um, you know, you can you can carry on doing your ultras and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I again, I've got a friend who he's not an ultra runner. He, in fact, he is an ultra runner because I've run country to capital to him two times. But he's more of a he's more of a marathon runner, um, and he's a very very good uh, uh, marathon runner. He's he's actually gone sub three a couple of times, which again just wow. can't comprehend. But he he suffers with the same thing, um. Um. So, but I think um, he's come out the other side. But once I think, yeah, he's he's kind of got that kind of regulated, and he's still able to run, and he's yeah, just carrying on being an absolute beast. So, aye. So oh, that that's positive. It's nice to hear some positive, positive outcomes. Yeah, yeah, from, from um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think it took him a wee bit of time, you know. In terms of the balance of um his medication and stuff like that, and kind of regulating how he's feeling, but yeah, he's just continuing to absolutely smash half marathons and marathons. He's uh, yeah, crazy. So at this point, um, our free uh, Zoom session ended, um, so we jumped on to another call to round up our chat. I think in the pipeline. I definitely want to do King Offer's Dyke at some point. That's right. biannually. Yeah. Um, so it won't, I won't do it next year, maybe in two years' time. We've mm-hmm. got three years' time, realistically, from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's from one end of Wales to the other. Yeah. I'd like to do Race Across Scotland one day, although after watching everybody this weekend, that looks brutal. Um, so I would definitely need to do more hill training, I think, 
for that one. And um, maybe just go and wait for a few bogs as part of my training and get my feet feet used to being soggy. Um, so I definitely, and I want to go back and do whether whether they put King Alfred's Way on again or not. I want to go back and do King Alfred's Way. Yeah. Uh, that 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 sounds amazing. No, that um, yeah. I, uh, apart from yeah, acclimatizing by running about in bogs, that all sounds amazing. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds, <laughs> although, probably very very necessary part of training for a race like that race across Scotland. Yeah, it, it looked brutal. Um, yeah, did me. Uh, that's really cool. Um. Jerry, thank you very much for uh, for talking to me this morning. Um, that was a really, really, really good chat. It is great to hear about your experiences as well. And I think you, you know, um, gave a lot of really insightful kind of uh, comments around ultramarathon and experiences. So thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. So in the course of saying our goodbyes, we continue to kind of chat and uh, here's some bonus footage for you. Some really useful advice around strength training, um, eating uh, during ultras or not eating and um, hallucinating. My strength training is very much, um, I do do it, but I kind of do the same things all the time. You know, and I've that's not that a way. bad thing though. A good plan is boring. Honestly, a good plan is boring as long as you're progressively overloading and increasing yeah. the weight or increasing the reps or yeah. like with a squat, maybe adding a pause at the bottom. Yeah. As long as you're increasing the intensity in some way, you're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. A good program is boring. I do the same thing for four weeks. So on week one, I do it really, really light, sort yeah. of. 50 to 60 percent of my max yeah and then i gradually increase each week and then four weeks i change movements okay um, yeah I, I i think when i first started doing it years and years ago and targeted kind of strength work for for legs and so that was the advice given to me too i kind of just chose to ignore it and i've just been doing the same <laughs> exercises for years so no i i think i um, I, I need to do that because anything that will help, it, it's kind of small margins, isn't it? I think, um, uh, yeah, I, obviously, we all want to kind of get stronger and fitter and improve our performance and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think at this stage now, I'll, I'll, I'll do anything to help me improve as a runner. So, yeah, I need to actually start doing strength training properly. So, I, I, I might actually give you a wee, a wee message on Instagram. Actually, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be loads. I do it. What somebody, somebody who does strength training for runners, he, he's followed me and I followed him back. Mm -hmm. And I think he's trying to sell me a program. But like, he messaged me and he's like, he was asking about my split, and he was like, well, why do you do your split like that? And so I do two upper days, mm -hmm. and then I do two lower days. I yeah. said, well, on those two lower days, so I do glutes and hams and then glutes and quads. Yeah. I said, I can do an easy one on those days. Yeah. Then I can do a harder run on those two upper body days. Uh -huh. And then I have one day out of those five where I can do a long run and do sweet FA strength training ride. And then I can still have two rest days. And when I said it, it obviously clicked and made sense to him because I was getting those rest days in. But it's like, that's why, like, but most people, you could do three three full body workouts if that suited you and then fit your runs in on that. Yeah. But don't be scared of doing an easy run on a strength training day. Just yeah. consider, if the running's the most important, which for us it is, do the run first. Mm -hmm. Because then you've used, and then I, I, what I'll do is, I'll have breakfast, I'll do the run. Then I'll come home, maybe do a couple of jobs around the house. Yeah. Have have a snack, a refuel. Yeah. If I, if I fall up to it, I might have a whole lunch, and then I'll go to the gym again. So I've refueled in that time. Yeah. So that I've got a bit of that energy back. So don't be scared of doing two things in a day. That's some runners do two runs in a day. So. Yeah, I I I used to do that. I no I yeah that that's that's a good point. Yeah, exactly. So why why would you just not substitute your second run with strength training? Which I think if you're doing ultra marathons. Like like we talked about, it's so important. You know, you, you need yeah. to get your legs absolutely solid for you know. What and you're... don't forget your upper your upper body because we carry those packs. So yeah. you need your shoulders to your shoulders and your chest and your back to be strong to be able to carry those packs. 
Yeah. And like I said, those upper body days mean that I can still get an interval running or yeah. a bit a hill hill session without yeah. thinking I can't oh I can't go and lift anything now because I've trashed my legs. Set point eleven on race across Scotland, they get a, a big ass fry up, like oh, whatever they? way they want it. They get like a vegan, a veggie, or like a traditional. Like oh, I'm like. Dear. I don't know if I want one at that stage, but <laughs> no. yeah, proper a proper fry off. I'm like, what? Just to get them from that one to like the the finish sort it, of thing. It sounds amazing, like uh, I, like, but I'm I'm thinking in reality, I'd get into that checkpoint, and I I would barely be able to put a peanut in my mouth because I'm I'm terrible. <laughs> Late on in races, I just can't eat anything. Like I'll I'll kind of just drink milkshakes and stuff like that. Because I find it really hard to to stomach proper food late late in races, but um, uh, the, it sounds amazing. The idea, <laughs> get the yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm a bit similar to you, which is why King for once on King Alfred's way, my stomach wasn't giving me crap. Yeah. Um, so I wonder how long I would have been able to eat for. But yeah, I'm like you. I tend to go for things like rice pudding and stuff like that towards the end yeah. and custard. That's that's easy oh, to get down, but still custard and jam. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. They do that at the Grand Union. They do custard uh, and aye. It's a uh, aye. That's good. Uh, Rice yeah. pudding and ready salted Pringles is another winner as well. Right, Using okay. the Pringles as a spoon because then you get the salt and the sweet. It sounds absolutely disgusting, but I tried it on the Thames Path 100 and it was the one thing that after sort of 70 miles that I could get down. Right, Okay. Just because we didn't have we didn't have a spoon and I was just craving rice pudding, so they were like, "Well, there's a there's a Pringle. You're gonna have to use that as a spoon." And I was like, "Oh my god, that's so good!" <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'll need to try that one. Um, I, I, in an ultra marathon, it, it probably sound more appealing than right now, just because, yeah. <laughs> that's, why, that's why you get it. Everybody else is like, "That's disgusting," <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, but it isn't." It isn't like don't knock it until you're eighty miles they into an ultra and you've tried it. <laughs> they don't know what we've been through. They don't know. <laughs> and another another one that I've heard that I'm dying to try because I really struggle with like the night and wanting to fall asleep. Yeah. Apparently, biting on the lemon slices every time you oh, feel right. tired, and it just jolts you. But again, I haven't run through the night to yeah. actually give it a try but yeah i can see that one working even if it's just enough to get you to where you want to have a sleep yeah no especially no. on something like a 200 where sleep does become a part of that obviously yeah. um so you can kind of do, do you sleep on the 145 or do you try to just keep uh, going no i i know some people do have little kind of micro sleeps like 10 15 minutes some runners but no i i think uh no, I I would for me no I I would just keep going. You I just think. keep going. No, that yeah I I think time is time is the is of the essence for an ultra runner like me. I guess I'm I'm always kind of well yeah mid mid pack. You know I think I um yeah I don't know I I can I can see the value in it. Maybe I'll maybe sort of think about it because someone I, someone was saying. And this, again, the elite do it in different ways. Like, I've looked at the spine. And the guy that won it, he had, I think he had three three-hour naps. Yeah. But he had his first one early. And that, I think, is the key. Because if you start having hallucinations, you've gone too far into the sleep deprivation. So anything that you have isn't really biting, yeah. kind of what, you've, what you're trying to get back. So yeah. I think what they're saying is the key is to get it on so so like we say eat before we need to eat drink before we need to drink sleep yeah. before you need to sleep sort of thing um obviously with grand union canal you, you definitely you wouldn't even be able to meet their rules to have sort of three hours but maybe yeah. 20 minutes a little power nap yeah yeah, yeah. could yeah. do the trick just to reset you if you had that say 100 miles or tried to have it just before the sunrise because the sunrise naturally sets your circadian rhythm back yeah, into yeah, yeah. No, that's good advice, and yeah, I hallucinating is definitely something that happens to me in pretty much every hundred that I've done. So yeah, I'm, <laughs> it's part and parcel, isn't it? Like Bonnie, and um, that's the race organizer for Robin Hood One Hundred. The last year I did it, he'd moved from having reflective tape and glow sticks to having like he he reflective sort of paint, but he painted faces on the trees. 
oh my god I expect I was like what is that and my, my crew's like just the reflective paint I'm like okay I'm like can you see that owl up there they're like Jerry it's just the reflective paint for god's sake <laughs> I've been doing the uh the North Downs uh 100 uh, back in 2018 and it was a mega mega hot day it was 30 plus degrees pretty and for me you know 100% ginger Scottish person that was no good for me at all so obviously you know you're out there for a long time working hard in this extreme heat and I was going through this kind of wooded section kind of about 75 80 miles or something like that pitch black and then um, I was going along this path and I saw this fox in the middle of the path and I was like oh right okay and it was just sitting there staring at me and I was like what and it, it was looking like aggressive and I was a wee bit scared I was like what's going on here and I, I was kind of walking up to it gradually and I I could see it like growling at me and like in a in a pose like it was going to jump on me jump at you and I was like oh my god and I walked a wee bit closer and it was a bollard <laughs> and I was like what is going on? I You're was like, like, do I need my eyes testing? Well, yeah, I was kind of like, oh my God, it's happening. I was slapping my face going, oh, I'm hallucinating. And, um, I was like, it's just this wooden bollard and I thought it was a fox that was going to attack. Oh my God. Crazy. Oh, that's brilliant. That's just, brilliant. I know oh. on the Thames Path 100, after I'd seen my, like I'd started running with my pacer and my crew had, had gone along. And I just went to, it was my other half, and I just went, can you see that? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I was going to take a photo of it just so that you knew that you weren't hallucinating. Right. This giant rubber duck on the Thames with a blooming brass band on it. I was like, <laughs> you can definitely see that. He's like, yeah, I can definitely see that. I'm like, good, I'm not hallucinating that. <laughs> just this giant rubber duck floating down the Thames. Oh, my God. I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. If you were an ultra runner on your own there in the course, you'd just be like, oh, just a hallucination. It's fine. So I really hope you enjoyed that chat with Jerry. I certainly did. Um, yeah, we put a kind of um, bonus audio left over from from a chat at the end there. Um, yeah, we got cut off a couple of times. So um, yeah, I, I kind of called her back to say, right, thanks very much again. And then we end up chatting for like another 15 minutes. So we bit of bonus footage at the end there. Um, so yeah, thanks again to Jerry for, for joining me. It really was great. Um, and... Yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, right, so next part of the podcast is looking at um, races that have been happening this weekend, and I mentioned some of them um, at the start of the uh, at the start of the episode. Um, one place I will start. I don't have any results for it. Um, like I mentioned earlier, the Loch Ness Twenty Four was going on this past weekend so well done to all the runners that took part a lot of people I'm following on Instagram were, were running that and it looked like um, really really tough conditions and it doesn't look like the easiest of courses as well it looked like the ground would have been quite heavy um, and maybe a little bit kind of um, slippery underfoot there so um, well done to all the runners taking part um, I think um, um yeah, whatever you did would have been hard-earned um, in those conditions, so well done. Also happening this week was the third of the Canal Slam series, the Liverpool to Leeds race. Um, that is 130 miles, that one. Um, yeah, just a, just a wee 130. The other two are 145. Um, so yeah, just, just a wee one. Um... So yeah, further the series, like I mentioned, um, I don't know what the weather would have been like down there um, uh, this past weekend. Um, what was it even like up here? It wasn't too bad, actually. But um, yeah, obviously the distance um, makes it incredibly difficult. Um, the um, fact that you're just running alongside a canal on a flat towpath um yeah it's it's a big mental challenge as well um and yeah this race 
kind of has a uh, doesn't really have a place in my heart, but because it's part of the series and um, I am desperate to get back to the Grand Union Canal Race, I guess I always kind of look out for the, the canal races and you see, you know, familiar names who take part in the, in these races every year as well, so it's always nice to have a look and see who's who's taking part. I do have results for this one, so that's good, they are provisional. Uh, but yeah, I've got some names and times here, so... Uh, the winner of the Liverpool to Leeds race was Martin Heggie in 23 hours and 48 minutes. So that's a fantastic time for 130 miles. Well done, Martin. Um, and the provisional results here as well also gives you a minute to mile, kind of average minute to mile pace for each time. Um, so that uh, so Martin's time equates to an average minute per mile pace over those 130 miles of 10 hours and 59 minutes so that is um pretty amazing uh, yeah yeah uh, can't comprehend it amazing um in second place was james bennett in 24 hours and, and 27 minutes in fact an equal second place so you crossed the line at the same time as nathan taylor uh 24 hours and 27 minutes uh, 27 minutes so yeah joint second place james bennett and nathan taylor so well done. Um, so fourth place <coughs> overall and first lady was Michelle White uh, in 28 hours and 30 minutes. Well done, Michelle. Um, second lady was uh, Agnieszka Kaminska, familiar name from these races, and Michelle, I think. Um, in fact, I think Michelle might have won London to Bristol, Bristol to London, London to Bristol. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm just giving her a race win now. Uh, but no, I recognise her name too. Uh, so yeah, Agnieszka, 30 hours, 11 minutes, second place. And third place for the ladies was Cara Kirkness in 30 hours and 33 minutes. So well done. Um, and yeah, just flicking through to the bottom of the list here, who was the racer that paced us the best and got the most value. Uh, for the money, that was Jenny Austin in 39 hours and 13 minutes. Well done, Jenny, uh, on your finish. Uh, that is, and your time. Um, yeah, fantastic. Um, so, yeah, there was um, 79 starters, 43 finishers, 36 retirements. So, yeah, usually with these canal races, the attrition rate usually is kind of 50%. So, um, so yeah, that that's that's quite good. Um, yeah, so well done to all um, um, who took part. Um, yeah, that was the Liverpool to Leeds. Um, also going on this weekend was the Summer Green Man Ultra. Um, there's a winter version of this race too. I was supposed to run this back in twenty eighteen, um, but the beast from the east came in. Remember that. Um, and forced its cancellation because basically I think most of the route was in knee high snow um, I think just the fact of people trying to drive there as well when there was giant snow drifts everywhere was never going to happen so yeah they do a winter and a summer version the summer version was this past weekend it's 45 miles kind of like I say around the outskirts of Bristol some nice trails Um. 3100 feet of climb and it was 45 miles so yeah um, that's quite a popular ultra um, that's been going for quite a few years the green man so yeah no results for that unfortunately so I can't really tell you about that one uh, the other race that I wanted to talk about was the Grand Tour of Skidor that was going on um, it's a 46 mile ultra in the Northern Lake District um, it's got 7,136 feet of ascent and it was 46 miles. Um, yeah, um, looks like a beautiful race. Um, again, no results, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, that was that was one that was happening. Um, yeah, bit more of a kind of, um, bit more navigation skills required for that one as well. It's um, not, not a marked course or anything like that, but looks like an interesting race. Um, and, a, and a real challenge um, so yeah those were the races that I think I wanted to kind of talk about um, specifically this past weekend 
Uh, but yeah, there were other things going on. There was uh, do do what else was going on? Uh, do 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 that I've not really kind of looked at in any more detail. No, that was it. That was it. No, nope. yeah, happy. Um, so yeah, next weekend, obviously, um, a humongous um series of races happening out in the out in the Alps. Uh, UTMB, obviously, got the UTMB race itself, CCC, uh, TDS. So um, that is going on next weekend. So that'll be. Oh yeah, at least um, be able to tell you the 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 winners of that one. The coverage for the UTMB races is usually absolutely amazing as well. So I'm looking forward to to following it. There's some big names running um, uh, all of the big races um, out there um, in Chamonix. So yeah, you've obviously got that going on next weekend. Um, so yeah, kind of speaks for itself. Um, so yeah, next weekend, the weekend of the 2nd and the 3rd, actually on the 1st of September, you've got um, a couple of ultras going on in County Kerry out in Ireland, the Kerryway Ultra, 120 miles, so I might have a little look at that. Um, you've got the Kerryway Ultra Light as well, 58 kilometres. Uh, also on the Friday, it's listed here, um, it's the Peak District Ultras, um, Millstone 100, um, obviously in Derbyshire. Uh, hundred miles. Uh, do do do. You've got the Ring of Fire, a three day race out in Wales. Um. Oh yeah, there's one here called the Berkeley Marathons. Uh, in brackets, UK edition. I opened up the website for this one because I wanted to have a little bit more of a read about it, and I thought people might be quite interested. Um. It's run by Gert Lush Events. Uh. Just opened the website now. I'll probably just read. It's got a picture of Laz on it. Uh, Laz Lazarus Lake, of course, with a little quote of his saying, "You can't accomplish anything without the possibility of failure." Uh, yeah, so true. So it it says here, yeah, the Berkeley Marathon UK was conceived following a chance encounter with Lazarus Lake at the National Running Show UK in January twenty twenty. After hearing that my family were from Berkeley, Gloucestershire. Laz exclaimed, you should set up your own race. Armed with two rules from Laz, one, make it open to all types of runner, and two, make it nearly impossible. The story began. I'd already been considering ways that I could raise money for the local community, and after mulling Laz's suggestion over a few months, this felt like an opportunity I couldn't ignore. What followed was weeks of research, months of preparation, and some significant levels of excitement. Sounds good. Uh, so it says here, 130-ish miles, 26-ish miles per lap, five laps required, um, 15,000 feet-ish of elevation in total, so yeah, 3,000 feet um, per lap. There's a 24-hour cutoff uh, for the entirety of the race, so it says here each lap would need to be uh, 4 hours, 48, 12 seconds or under to finish. And there's seventy five places available, um. So yeah, that that, that sounds like um yeah quite a challenging race yeah twenty six miles a lap, um, with three thousand feet of climb squished into those twenty six miles. Aye, that's a that's a tough one, isn't it? Um, but yeah, it sounds like an it sounds like a good idea. It sounds like an interesting, uh, race. You get it's ninety five pounds. Um, all profit goes to charity as well apparently it sounds like there's lots of facilities there too um, there is GPS tracking and timing there as well unlike the, the Barclay Marathons obviously uh, it sounds like there's a lot more um, support there but obviously based on the idea of the Barclay Marathons um, and yeah it, sound, it sounds like a, a tough one as well so yeah no, that sounds cool you should check that one out if that sounds interesting Gert Lush events um, also happening this weekend. There's loads going on. Um, got the Mendip Marauder down in Somerset. There's a 50 mile and a 30 mile race. Uh, Peak District Ultras, Limestone 50 and the Pevero 33. You've got the Ridgeway Challenge. That's the 86 mile uh, race. Uh, the Ridgeway Challenge going on. You've got the Snowden Ultra. There's a 50 and a 100 mile version of that. That sounds like it's going to be tricky. 
Um, so yeah, uh, oh yeah, you got the Tyree Ultra as well going on on Sunday. That's thirty five miles. That'll be a good one to run around Tyree. Um, and also next week you've got the Dragons back starting as well um, on Monday. I think that's a six-day race, if I remember rightly. So yeah, multi-day race. Uh, they do that biannually, and the other year it's the, the Cape Wrath uh, Ultra uh, up in the north of Scotland, um, sponsored by Montaigne. Um, so yeah, that's a, a, a quite a popular um, ultra in the UK in terms of... Um, yeah, uh, how 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 tricky it is and the, the prestige of it. It's not exactly yeah, not huge. You know, maybe not a beginner uh, ultra, but yeah, uh, I I want to want to add to the bucket list. I can imagine. I think with that one, you basically run from one end of Wales to the other, from top to bottom, don't you? So or the other way around, from bottom to top. I don't know, but yeah. Um. So yeah, loads going on, and then yeah, obviously UTMB as I mentioned. Um, that'll be the big one next weekend so we'll focus a bit on that um, so yeah that's going to kind of wrap up episode 6 of Random Ultra Runner podcast um, yeah I'll catch up with you next time and I hope you have a good week whatever you are doing take care, bye